live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. On fire. And welcome back to the Death and Betrayal podcast, a Horace Heresy hobby podcast with your hosts, Craig. Go ahead and say hey, Craig. How's it going, guys? And I am Alex. If you don't know our voices yet or you're just joining the show, welcome on board. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Right on. So how you doing, Craig? Not too bad yourself. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, it's uh, a little rainy outside, but that's all right. It is. It is uh, a little bit of a break from that hot, hot weather we've been having, so I ain't complaining. Yeah, I can finally sleep again, which is nice. <laughs> but that's uh, you. Uh, not much. I've been playing a lot of Fall Guys. Oh, yeah. That uh, <laughs> makes me wish I had my PlayStation to play. Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't blame you. Um, it's awesome. It's free. I mean, it's on it's on PC and, and Xbox as well. And I don't think it's very expensive, but uh, it's free on PlayStation Plus right now. It's uh, on Xbox, man. I gotta download that then. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure it's on Xbox. I know it's on Steam, so I feel like it's gotta be on Xbox. Fall Guys Xbox. Well, it might be on Game Pass actually. It's not. I've checked Game Pass. It's not okay. Um. Uh, Oh, maybe it isn't. Six days ago. Why isn't Fall Guys coming to Xbox One? I don't know. Question gets spammed in the chat. Maybe it's not. Um, looks like it's coming to Switch, maybe, though. Sweet. I'll play it on that, then. Yeah. Uh, oh, never mind. Highlighted in this say For now, there's no official plans to bring Fall Guys to Nintendo Switch or Xbox One. Oh, boo. Yeah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> I have play a buddy. Steam. I have a buddy. Well, I'll just download it on Steam, then. I have yeah, a buddy I hear who's playing. Full of hackers, though. Oh, yeah. why do you need to ruin a game like that? Why? Bunch of dirty cheaters. Get them Steam, uh, Steam trophies. Oh, I had I have a buddy who's uh, uh, YouTube YouTube streaming this stuff, and he just got his first win. So. Uh, I've won once, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I won the hexagon one. The hexagon drop. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the yeah. one he wants. Uh, I almost won. There's one where it's just one tail, and the tail's in the middle. You go grab it, and then you get it finished with the tail in it. Mm. Uh, and I, I had it, and then at like three seconds left, somebody snapped the tail from me. Oh. Um, yeah, and I got like I got second place on the crown one as well. I was like mid jump for it, and somebody mm. managed to hit it uh, just oh. before I did. A um, little. Uh, a little disappointing, but it's fine. I've got the I've got the baseball outfit now, so I'm pretty stoked about that. <laughs> uh, and then actually, I started playing a new game today when I got home from work called Among Us. Among Us. Yeah, it's like six bucks on Steam. It's pretty good, but it's kind of like a point-click game a little okay. bit. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, old-school Fallout style. Uh, no. Um, I like. I can't really think of a game that it's like. Um, maybe. Because you don't pick anything up, like you just play this little like space guy, and there's like nine other space guys, but one of them is an imposter. Okay. So the imposter can like kill the other people on the ship. So mm. you have to try to fix the ship, or vote off, like or determine who the imposter is and vote them off. Okay. And uh, so if you vote them off, you just like jettison them, like just put them in the <laughs> airlock and shoot them out into space. Um, but. Uh, it's uh yeah i don't know it's pretty good 
That was like a board game. I it's a board game I played uh, way back in the day, Battlestar Galactica. We had to figure out who the Cylon was and inject him into space. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah was, JP was, would like that game. I, uh, that that game was so much fun. I had so much fun playing that game. I never, uh, I never watched Battlestar Galactica. So. Oh. <laughs> I never Shitty saw ending. It. Great show. Uh, I've also never seen Firefly. I saw like I think the last half of the last episode. What the, f- <laughs> what the fuck are you? What is wrong with you? Uh, man, I had a roommate that was watching it like right when it first came on Netflix, and our our sleep schedules were opposite. So I think I watched like the last half of the last episode while I was eating breakfast or something. I don't know. Oh, you make me a sad panda. <laughs> <laughs> um, never seen the movie either. <laughs> Oh, if I had my, something to bang my head against right now, I would. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's, yeah. We'll move on. We'll move on. Yeah, just uh, hit it against your hobby desk. Yeah, don't so, actually do that. Um. I'm not actually <laughs> going to do that. Um, so, what have you been doing hobby-wise? Uh, man, I've been jumping all over the board. Oh, yeah, um, don't say. <laughs> uh, I did a little more work on Fulgrim's cloak, and uh, on the on the back side of his cloak, I haven't started the underside. Because uh-huh. uh-huh. I forgot, forgot I was going to do two different, uh, two different colors. So I have to do the underside. But okay. Um, and then uh, I also started on his sword a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, what else did I do? Oh, I uh, I got started on the bases for my wolves. Uh, uh, you showed me those those are going to take forever that's why i I just i I knew that like if i did all the models and painted them all and then got to the bases i knew i was not going to fucking finish it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i i'm going to try doing the bases first Mm -hmm. and then adding the models to it and then i think i'm just going to like use the shitty citadel glue to glue them to the model so that way even the base kind of gets a little bit of shadow put on from the zenith okay um i don't know how much of it will get covered up when i actually do the airbrushing of the paint probably a lot of it but um it might make some unique it might make dirtying making the base look like rubble and crap faster and quicker Mm. um but uh, i did it all on angles so that way i can kind of change how like what angle the wolves are moving at so they can kind of look like they're moving you need to stop the side a little or like they're they're running up or they're running down okay yeah, uh, yeah. and then when they're all kind of set up the hope is that they'll look kind of like loping wolves if you get like a pack of wolves all running mm-hmm. right dogs yeah. and wolves kind of run in almost a bounding sort of yeah yeah motion so i'm hoping to kind of try to recreate that uh to add into the vibe of the army and and then uh instead of doing any return to isfan yeah i also tried my hand at trying to kind of solidify my specific painting style i guess yeah um yeah so trying to combine a few different techniques that that i've kind of picked up over the years um and uh trying to because i i like muted colors i really like the john blanchard style i like it being dirty and gritty and kind of grim dark and rusty Mm -hmm. um so uh just, just working a little on that and i think i think i've got a good I think I've got a good idea. I got to do one more test model, I think, for the wolves. Um, but I think it's going to come out and look pretty all right. Oh, hey, um, I think they were looking pretty good from what you showed me. Yeah, I might swap the base color because they are still looking kind of frost blue, which isn't 
necessarily a bad thing, I guess. But I think what I might do is just build the highlight up to that color mm-hmm. and then kind of use like I've got, I've got this color ocean gray. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's a dark gray or like a medium gray, but it's it's base color is purple. Right. So when you get a gray, you either have to have like green base in it or a blue base in it or like a purple base in it mm-hmm. um, or a brown base in it brown or red i guess and so this one kind of separates a little bit and if you just kind of like open the top up before uh you shake it up too much you get kind of yeah. like a purple um a purple kind of rises to the top and out of the dropper a little bit so i think that's going to give me like a good medium tone and then i can maybe try a little bit of like um purple maybe mixed with give you darkness into the, the shadowing areas and then mm-hmm move up to a pale blue because uh, just to kind of encapsulate the deepest part of a storm up to kind of right where lightning would come out of it. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see. It might be too many colors going on, but it might blend down well enough once I get the, the enamel stain onto it. Okay. Um, yeah. So far to see that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just, um, just, uh, just a lot of different, uh, a lot of different stuff. Um, a little hobby ADD lately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, like the the fulgrim I'm just kind of doing is like in in my lessons. It's yeah. A little legend, and and I've been trying to pare stuff down a little bit too. Um, so I might uh, I might throw this Mechanicum up for sale after they're done. We'll see. Um, wow. And I gotta I gotta finish my Titanicus too. Hmm. Uh, I don't know that I'll keep that either. The game is really, really good. I just don't enjoy painting Titans at all. Hmm. So we'll see. I might hang on to it. Um, might hang on to the Mechanicum just to keep them as allies, but uh, it's a lot of projects. It's a lot of, yeah. lot of, lot of different armies, yes, a lot of variation. Definitely. And um, I don't know. I think I want to get some regular squishy humans. Uh, so I've got too many, too many ultra post humans. Like, like, are you talking like? Auxilla, solar auxilla or are you talking militia? Uh, yeah i don't know i jump between the two quite a bit mm. um, i really like arvis lighters and i wish the arvis lighter was more available in the solar auxilia um mm-hmm. i've got a good way to, to use it uh, even within the solar auxilia but i can only get like two or three in there mm. but if i was to do say you know i and and i mean that's the nice thing about militias you could always just use solar auxilia models i guess if you wanted to yeah. Um, you wouldn't have much use, I guess, for the Velatari, but um, the regular lives can't regular regular lives good guys. You could lives regular yeah, guys. You yeah. Could. Um, yeah, because they've got carapace armor. So I mean, that's that's a grenadier standard yeah. right there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then pack all those bad boys and nervous lighters. Mm-hmm. Um, or I mean, I've got so many fucking skitari sitting around. <laughs> I could I could do like cyber augmentics and alchem jackers and throw them in in Arvis lighters and that that would be pretty cool because there's there's new augurans that are coming out for Necromunda. Oh, yeah. they're like augurn okay. servitors okay. so I mean those would work great for augurn brutes mm-hmm. um, they would fit the theme almost no converting <laughs> needed for that and uh, in the last I, I can't remember if it was a preview or a rumor mill but it looks like they're finally coming out with like a Skitari character. 
Hmm. Um, so you could you could easily make them. But I mean, in that same vein, though, if I wanted to put Skitari in there, I could use Secutari Vanguard rules, have them with the Radium Carbines, and then take, like, three Arvis Lighters in the fast attack slot <laughs> and just pack them in there or pack two Arvis Lighters full and then drop them in. But again, I mean, then I'm, I'm restricted by the same number of Arvis Lighters that I get in Solar Auxilia, so... Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. I, I just want something to mix up kind of what we see in, in our meta from from the the norm. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. So. Yeah. How about you? Um. Well, I mean, I've been, I've been playing a lot of Halo. I started playing Halo with my, uh, with my son. He's eight, so we've been playing Halo Combat Evolved. And then on my own, I decided I wanted to play through Halo Reach again, so I'm currently doing that. And uh, so I've been playing a lot of video games. Um, made my wife watch Batman Begins and Batman or The Dark Knight Rises because she hadn't seen either one of them yet, which is sad. Yeah. Um, I had she. I, I told her she had to watch. She had to watch The Dark Knight Rises, so she had to watch Batman Begins. So. We watched them over the last couple of days. Nice. Uh, Hobby wise, uh, I haven't done much. Actually, I haven't done anything. I have been so busy with house stuff and work. I have not. I touched my. Oh, I. That's a lie. I finished the cape on horse. Got the nice. cape done. I think it looks pretty good. Uh, I did the. I did the rest of the wolf pelt on his on his armor slash cape and got the, the red on for his, uh, for it. And I think it looks great. It really makes the, makes the model pop. And I've been doing a little research on, uh, doing marble, um, for the, uh, Eagle head that he's standing on. I'm going to do that in marble. So yeah. that's about really about it. And I got some, I prepped some, uh, shoulder pads and jet pack, jet packs up for my world eaters. Nice. And then I was going to spray them and then just got completely distracted by something. And uh, that was last week. So sadly, not as much as I'd like to do. Um, uh, now that, you know, summer's starting to wind down, kids are going to be going back to school. Uh, I'm going to be able to focus a little bit more on hobby and, you know, not worry about being outside all the time. And, you know, I'm just going to enjoy doing some hobbying. And with uh, with what's going on with our event, it's taking a little bit of the pressure off of me, so. Yeah, true. Um, very true. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're, we're choosing to postpone it until probably December just because yeah. the school reentry plan isn't super convincing um, just based on what, what we've seen mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, of numbers in the U.S. upon our return to school. Yeah, uh, and given the fact that Edmonton has the highest infection rate in Canada and the highest mm-hmm. percentage of infected individuals, uh, yeah, I mean we're we're like over six times the infected rate of Toronto, which is a yeah. city like six times bigger than we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's just uh, it's not worth it. I mean, even with masks and hand sanitizer and and being able to space out about six feet, um, it's it's easy for for one mistake to kind of have the house of cards fall and mm. and uh, 
you know, come, come December, I think things will, I think we'll probably start to see it wind down a little bit because most people who have kids, I think probably will have gotten it at that point uh, or we'll have a vaccine out or something. Well, we're, we'll, yeah. yeah. We'll either start towards herd immunity or we'll have a vaccine out. Um, yeah. It's uh, so, yeah, I mean, we'll still do it. We'll still get there just a little bit yeah. later than I was hoping to. Um, but that's fine. Uh, like, yeah. like you said, it, it takes some pressure off cause I've been dragging my feet. Um, well, I, I've been dragging my feet cause I've been doing, trying to get a death guard, sons of horse and world leaders army all up to a centurion level for this. And I mean, the death guard are done. Yeah. Uh, the sons of horse need one more dreadnought, but I had, I mean, I had, a uh, ten-man destroyer squad to still do a ten-man tactical squad to still do, um, uh, regular box knot. I I was just I was feeling the pressure. Um, I mean I could have gotten it done if I had buckled down and I was gonna buckle down if need be. But you know, with like you said, the spike in cases here. Yeah, yeah, it's just, may, it's just not worth it. it. Yeah, it's um, not worth it. Not risking. Not worth risking for a game. No, um, no, exactly right. So I mean, it, it's fine. We'll still get to play. Uh, it'll give everyone more time. It'll give anyone who wants to jump in a little bit late more time to get their yeah. stuff done. Mm-hmm. It'll give me time to probably like wildly change my mind as I usually do, and probably just mm-hmm. show up day of the event with like a different legion or something. Um, that sounds about like, right. Yeah. Uh, who knows? It's a, it's a goddamn mystery. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it should be good. Uh, so again, I forgot to go through the agenda because we just naturally fall into it so well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously we're going to do hobby talk, which I think we're probably just about done Yeah. Uh, in the intro. Uh, we talked a little bit about the event. It's getting postponed, but still going to be there. Uh, still hashtag return to Istvan. Yeah. Um, it'll still be in Lacombe. Still be $13 a player to play yeah. uh, just because it makes it easy. I don't, we don't have manage any money i don't have to worry about taking a loss if people yeah. get sick and can't show up day of um yeah. and uh and really, I, really- I, I have an infrared thermometer so i can just be like no nah, get out of here not playing today uh and then i don't have to worry about losing money on it uh, but really really it's just about it's not so much about you know uh prizes and whatnot it was all it was just about having fun and re- yeah future fake history so yeah exactly right like i mean i'd rather play in in campaign days and and things like that like i mean if we get to a place where in a world after corona we can play an event once a month and then Mm -hmm. maybe two or three times a year have like big ones that have prizes and like door prizes and and stuff like that yeah that'd be cool but uh i mean if i if i can pay 10 to 15 bucks for just a day of rolling dice I'm, i'm happy to do that too i'm okay with that too same here same here yeah uh, and then uh, we're gonna move into a listener list uh, coming up next. Yeah. Um, that you're gonna do because the guy told me to get fucked. <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, and then we're gonna have uh, a special guest on, mm-hmm. um, Zach, uh, who from the SoCal Heresy Group, SoCal 30K, mm-hmm. I think they're called. Yeah. Um, I had it written down somewhere, but he and I have been having uh, quite the discourse, so it's lost in that conversation somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, SoCal 30K. Yeah. And 
yeah, we'll, we'll give him a proper introduction when he gets here. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll let him do it. But, um, I know we've, we've seen him, we've seen him at LVOs and, uh, he usually comes up with a bit of a crew. Um, Yeah. I played against him. They're nice guys. I played against him in 2019 with my thousand sons. He was using militia. What a fantastic game. We had, we had a blast. Uh, He's a great guy. I had a great time playing against one of my favorite games of 2019, uh, LVO. So I actually didn't get to play any of the SoCal guys at that event because they, they had t-shirts to kind of pick them out. Yeah. Um, well, like we did. Yeah. Uh, and I just I just didn't get to play them. I played an Alpha Legion guy, and uh, that was kind of a funny game. It did feel a little bit cheeky. I think he thought I was being a jerk, but... Um, because uh, he can change his mutable tactics, and the mission was like I had to get off of his deployment edge, and yeah. it was the long table, or it was the short table edges. Mm-hmm. So um, six foot long trek for most legions, mm-hmm. but where mm-hmm. like almost all of my stuff infiltrates, um, he chose to infiltrate, uh, mm-hmm. which I, I not to be rude, but I think that was. Th- I think that was the wrong move uh and i kind of tried to advise him against it at the start of the game and i was like are you sure you want to infiltrate man you don't maybe want to take a different tactic and he was mm. just like no man infiltrate and i'm like okay well like my entire army infiltrates so let's roll and we'll see who gets to put model like put stuff down first yeah um i think he won that one because i i didn't get to, i don't get to re-roll that i just get to re-roll to see like who goes first yeah. um with decap strike and so i think he got to roll first so he put he put one unit down and he put it down like kind of on the far edge of his deployment zone to try to get like a good line of fire in my deployment zone. Yeah. And so then I just like parked one of my units right on the board edge. Um, <laughs> kind of a cheeky thing to do, but I mean, I'm playing the mission. Um, and, uh, and then he put another one, which was kind of in the middle. So I was able to just kind of like infiltrate a convoy behind him mm-hmm. and just kind of like walk them out. Uh, and so I yeah. beat him that way. Um, I felt I kind of bad about it, but I was just like, "Sorry, man. I tried to warn you." Um, yeah. If if my oh, mission God. is to get off the board, off of your board edge, and you know that I'm an infiltrator, maybe deploy first and put a line down. Yeah. Um, so that well, I can't I can't get there because you're if if you're not infiltrating, you're gonna get to deploy first ahead of me because I. All my infiltrating units deployed last. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then I then I played uh, a night player, and uh, couldn't throw a couldn't make a save and throw save my life. I got seized on, and then beat mm. on. Mm. Um, and that that knocked me pretty far down the totem pole. Uh, and then I played a thousand suns player, and just kind of the same thing happened where I was trying to be like, hey man, play the mission. There was two or three times because he had to destroy like monuments. Yeah. There's two or three times where I was like, man, start destroying monuments. Um, mm. And he was just like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And I'm like, all right. And sure enough, I beat him because he couldn't, he didn't destroy enough monuments. He was too busy mm. laser focused on trying to destroy me. And I was, because I knew I was playing thousand suns, I spread out. I was mm. like, I was in like three quadrants of the board, I think. Um, so he really had to kind of pick and choose where he was going. Mm. Uh, and my vigilator like screwed him pretty bad. Um, yeah, so I, I like wrecked his Damocles command rhino, so mm. he lost like he lost his orbital bombard- bombardment, and then lost his deep strike bubble, which he mm. definitely needed for like Magnus, and then mm. uh, 
and then my Damocles Command Rhino blew up two of his whirlwinds. Oh. Um, just just dropped a pie plate right in the middle of them. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that kind of helped. And then um, I think my quad mortar maybe finished him off. I think I think that took like one or two. Yeah, you were using Raven Guard for this, so yep, yeah, Just so yeah. listeners, don't yeah, know if that. anyone, yeah, if anyone's new, uh, my main, my main squeeze is the Raven Guard, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not very, um, what's the word? I cheat on it a lot, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, you're, I can't, you're... I can't remember. I'm just naturally that, so I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> um, You're ambiguous, not ambiguous. No, that's not the no, word. no, that's not the word. Um, like when you're super committed to somebody. Do you know what I mean? Like if mm. if you're fanatical. Uh, you know, you've committed like adultery or infidelity. If you're no a, bit, a whore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, and uh, anyways, he's coming on. We're going to talk about uh, how to structure a narrative event, um, you know, what, what narrative events mean to us, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. That'll be our show. Before, before we do that, I want that same mission, the first mission you were talking about where you had to get off the table edge. Yeah. I just want to talk about my experience with that because I was okay. playing a gentleman from Sweden and he was using white scars. Yeah. And I realized exactly what this mission was going to be. So I said, and I was using Thousand Sons at the time, and I set up a line of every one of my Sekmek, my Marines, and Magnus all across the board, right across the edge, so that if he wanted to get through, he was going to have to assault me. He realized this. And on yeah. turn five, because it was going, I believe it was random. I can't remember. Random game length or turn, it went to turn six. I can't remember. Either way. You think I would know. I fucking wrote it. <laughs> He, he knew he wasn't going to win, so he hightailed it in the opposite direction to his back to his table edge. Yeah. So I couldn't shoot him, so I couldn't kill him. So we tied. Ah, uh, smart. I know. I was. I was just. I, as soon as I saw what he did, I was like, "Oh my god, we're gonna tie." Yeah. Because he, he knew um, he was he wasn't getting off the board, and I knew I wasn't going to kill him. So he. he uh... Were you just lined up like right on the back edge? Oh yeah, right on yeah. the back edge. I made it so there was no way he could physically get past me. Without his jet assaulting. bikes, could have made it past. He had no jet bikes. Oh, he had no jet bikes. He was Ooh. only using. He was only. Using I mean, I like it. Outriders. I like that. That's that's very themed. I, mm. I like I like that a lot. Um, uh, yeah, because otherwise he could have. It would have been a risky move, but he would have had to get close enough that then he can just barely boost out past you. It'd be tough. It'd be tough yeah. to pull off even with a jet bike. Um, yeah. So. But. Uh, it was a fun game. Uh, yeah. I had, I had a blast with that. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, right on. Um, okay, so why don't we uh, why don't we move into the listener list then? Okay. And uh, why don't you kind of give us the lowdown? What is um, Cyanide Scorp looking for? What did you say his name was? So his his name is Sean. Uh, Sean. You can find him at Cyanide Scorp on Instagram. Um, he's yeah. also pretty active on the 
K World Eaters page on Facebook. Nice. Uh, so he messaged me and he just pull it up here. He's like, can you do a list for me for my world leaders? It's like, what do you have in mind? He's like, and in your, and this is what he wrote. This is exactly what he wrote. And in your face, fast as possible, I want your take on it. Okay, cool. And I asked him what he had. And he has, so his theme and his idea is using the same, my same theme, uh, Betrayer. Okay. Uh, it's a great book. So he took it to a little bit of a different, different direction than I have, but I like it. It's violent. So he has uh, Cargason. He has Skane. Um, he has 18 destroyers, 30 assault marines. So he's running squads of nine for the destroyers? I don't know. He just says he's 18 destroyers. We're, we're going to move on to breaking them down later. <sighs> Fuck, could you imagine if that's 18 units of destroyers? I hope not. It just says 18 destroyers, 30 assault marines. So I'm assuming he's talking about 13. Yeah, no, I, I know. I'm just. 30, <laughs> yeah, 18, 18 destroyers. Jesus. Uh, he has 20 tactical marines with bolters. I'd give them uh, close, extra close combat weapons, but that's for me. Karn, two apothecaries, three box uh, dreads, two uh, tactical support squads, one 10 man Melta, and the other is a 10 man flamer. Brutal. Uh, heavy support uh, with five missile launchers and the sergeant, uh, nice. one javelin, two rhinos, uh, a whirlwind, two drop pods, one drop pod, dreadnought drop pod, a contemptor with two power claws, melt plasma blasters in the fists, an old school land raider, and he's working on 20 despoilers, red butchers, and a couple more apothecaries and a storm eagle. So, there's a lot to work with here. Lot yep. to work with here. Um, I he obviously likes destroyers. Um, I would aim, I guess, being that he has eighteen. Hopefully, it's not eighteen squads, but he has eighteen destroyers. So I break them up into uh, two nine-man squads. Now those are gonna be expensive because destroyers are expensive. He doesn't say if they have jetpacks or not, and that's where I'm. I'm not sure. He doesn't say he has jetpacks, so I'm going to assume he doesn't have jetpacks. Interesting. Uh, uh, let me just... He says he has skein, so... I'm going to pull up his... And I just looked at his skein. Skein does have a jetpack, so... Uh, but he has a picture of his destroyers, and they do not have jetpacks. Okay. Easy enough. I like it. So, I, 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 love, I love the destroyers in the World Eaters. Uh, especially when you're using uh, Betrayer as your uh, source of inspiration. Um, so I would definitely do two nine-man squads. Now, if now if that's the question, does one have ten? Does one have jetpacks and one doesn't? Obviously, you'd have to split them up evenly that way. I would also still give them close combat weapons, or at least buy them chain swords. Because with rad grenades, chain swords are brutal. Uh, I believe they come with chain swords. Oh, chain axes. Upgrade the for free. Oh, okay. Upgrade them to chain axes. Because yeah. with chain axes, the rad grenades are brutal. Like yeah. the combination of the two is just it's just disgusting. Yeah, you're wounding on twos. Uh, the assault marines again. If you don't have chain axes, I'd be shocked. I've seen pictures. I know you do have chain chain axes. Two five-man squad or fifteen-man squads, 
um, with apothecaries. You, I would highly recommend these extra apothecaries you're building. Throw jetpacks on them. Throw them in your assault squad. Give them that survivability. It's fairly, in my opinion, it's it's obvious that that's what you should be doing. Um, get those get those uh, those those uh, feel no pain saves. Um, that way, bolters aren't thinning your herd as easily. Uh, so then he has twenty tactical or twenty bolter tactical marines. Again, for me, this is just my opinion. I would highly recommend extra close combat weapons. Upgrade the chain swords to chain axes. Take the advantage of that extra plus one strength. You need it. You should always have it. Chain axes everywhere. Chain axe the world, in my opinion. Uh, and with the two, uh, he has says he has two uh, rhinos. Now that I would save, I would not split these tactical marines up. I keep the tactical marines as one twenty man blob. Uh, use them to hold objectives. What do you? What are you gonna use the rhino for then? Uh, the two ten man support squads. What do the support squads have again? Uh, one has uh, guns and, and one has flamers. flamers. Now he has two. He also has two drop pods. So I might even eject. Oh. See, but they, then then you're running into the same argument we had last time, which yeah. is like you're mixing. I, I mean, if he's are they regular drop pods? Or are they dread yeah. claws? Like, two dra- just says two drop pods and one dreadnought drop pod. Okay, so I mean. It sounds like you can kind of build two lists here, right? Because he's got assault. You say he's got thirty assault marines, right? Yes. Yeah. So I mean, if if those destroyers are magnetized backpacks and you can give them jump packs, then mm-hmm. uh, you know go orbital assault with it, um, and then then mm-hmm. you can kind of use those drop pods. But you're not going to be able to use those drop pods in any way in world eaters unless you're running orbital assault. So, uh, in in which case, if you do that, then you're gonna want to pack, you're gonna want to pack the Meltagun support squad and yeah. the Flamer support squad in there. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna want to drop that down. Uh, you say he has a dreadnought drop or a dreadnought drop pod as well. Yeah, he also has a contemptor dreadnought with two power claws. Yeah, yeah, and then throw that Inchy bad boy. boy in there, um, and have mm-hmm. those three drop down because you'll be able to drop two of them right away. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, depending on what you're up against, if you're up against heavy infantry, then flamers are coming in first. Yeah, drop, yeah, drop the flamers and the meltagun first. Um, yeah. If not, are they in? Well, are they inbuilt meltaguns in the close combat weapon? Uh, no, he has one uh, melta, one plasma blaster, so he can he can f up. Weird that he mixed it. Um, yeah. Well, actually, uh, I do too. You mix I'm, it as well? Oh, I don't. I Keep it consistent. That way, that way, um, I have I can use it for multiple tasks. I mean, kinda. Uh, I mean, I agree with you. But typically, I would go either all plasma because then it's it's real good for kind of hitting uh, medium vehicles yeah. all the way down to uh, all the way from terminators down to regular plebs yeah. before it runs in and tears it apart with its fists. Um, because uh, I think I think they're about the same cost for the upgrade. I believe so. Yes, I believe. They, yeah. They so are the I same mean, cost. plasma well, blast guns assault two. I think it is. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you can get four shots that you're hitting on twos uh, at AP two strength seven. 
See, or you can get three shots because, like, if if you're gonna go with the melta gun, yes, you'll only get two shots. But then if you're shooting at two and terminators, they're gonna ID, um, and you're more likely to, unless the vehicle has armored ceramite, you can take down something a little bit bigger with it. Otherwise, <laughs> like, let's say he jumps, let's say he drops that in front of an uh, uh-huh. night por- pori, which yeah. is common in our meta. Um, if that thing drops down in front of it, that plasma blast gun is useless against it. Here's my thinking is the like when you're going after a terminator squad, most terminator squads are only going to have five guys in it. So using, you know, shooting four, you have a high chance of killing four, three to four terminators using the plasma blast gun. Um, and then you're, you might, they might run away. So you're, you're now only if they're one wound. Only yeah. if they're one wound, right? I mean, I mean, if you're gonna max kill two, uh, if they're two wound terminators, you're looking at about the same output. You're gonna kill one to two terminators. I, with, I just I, with the mix group, um, with the the dual plasma, or with the melta gun. Uh, well, see, I just think I think versatility in this case. That I also have a chain uh, chain fist too, so. If I do want to go up against the tank or a heavy, heavier uh, armored vehicle, I have the melted gun and the chain fist. If I want to go up against turn mares, I'm still doing okay. It's just I'm using. Yeah, I think he might I mean, be to doing... be honest, we're probably talking about like maybe a quarter percent difference. Yeah, yeah, um, we're really. Yeah, like... I don't. I don't think it really matters. No. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and he's um, also got he's also got a ten man melted gun squad and a ten man flamer squad. He has. A lot of versatility. He can go up against a lot of armies with this list, um, with the, with with what he's got in his list. Now I know he's using Betrayer as his inspiration. Um, see, and I don't know if he's using it for Armatura or on uh, uh, or, uh, Angron's planet. I can't remember the name of it. Why am I forgetting? The name? So I mean, I mean, suggest one based on on what he's got there, right? I mean. Well, then I would say armature because armature is my favorite one. I like the, they they're more descriptive about the armature battle than they were um, on uh, Angron's planet. I can't remember the name. Why can't I? Why am I drawing a blank on the name? Uh, whatever, it's fine. Oh, um, so with that, if that's the case, then that ten man, a ten man uh, or twenty man bolter squad, turn it into a giant bolter squad. One squad together. Um, have them being backed up by the three box knots, um, the assault squads, two five or two 15 man squads with, uh, with apothecaries, that 20 man, uh, bolter blob again, apothecary Karn, where do you put Karn? Karn goes with, uh, butchers in the storm Eagle, in my opinion. Now I know he was on the ground for the most part in on Armatura, um, but he doesn't go. He can't really go with the. He could go with the tactical marines, but he's just going to be under like he's not. So I mean, if with... if if you're going to do that, run to to me because like he, the the theme's got to be coherent, right? And, I, and I'm guessing that's why it's why he reached out to us was to mm. kind of help him figure out how to land on something coherent um, as as a theme. So if he's got the Storm Eagle and he wants to have Karn, like Karn has to get to the ground somehow. So to me, like maybe maybe drop the foot sloggers for now 
mm-hmm. um, with the exception of you know the support squads because they're they're still scoring. Yeah, and throw uh, them in have, rhinos. Yeah, no, throw them in the drop pods. Okay. Right? Um, go with orbital assault. So your drop pods are going to come in first, and then mm-hmm. you're going to have a vanguard line of marines. So um, and it, it, this you know because at some point they have to get onto the planet. Yeah. So, so this would be the initial assault onto armature. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah, so that, yeah. that's that would be your theme. Your theme would be the the initial drop onto Armatura. Yeah. So Karn's not going to drop in the drop pod. He's going to take his pimped out Storm Eagle mm. and then throw either Butchers or, I mean, it's 20 man. You, you honestly like could just throw 19 or 18 tactical Marines in there with chain axes mm-hmm. and bolters and an apothecary and Karn. And that's a mm. fucking nightmare unit. To come yeah. charging into that thing because that that's an assault, that's an assault vehicle. It is an assault vehicle, right? So you're you're paying for the extra chain sword, which then you get to upgrade to a chain axe for free. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be wounding on threes, but now yeah. you're going to have eighteen dudes charging out of a storm eagle with Ugh. three attacks each Brutal. on chain axes plus Karn. Yeah. Like get whatever's in the way of that is just it's going to be water over a stone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're just gonna you're just gonna walk walk right all over it. Yeah, exactly. Then, so what I would probably do is drop my three drop pods into the front line while they're yeah. causing a bunch of crap. Turn two, uh, you're gonna hope that your drop squads come in, and you can use mm-hmm. them to grab middle or backfield objectives. Yeah, and then your or cause havoc in the back line. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it, it'll change from game to game, but your yeah. assault squad can then be versatile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can use it as a strategic asset to pull attention away from things like that flamer support squad or yeah, the, or the dreadnought. squad or the dreadnought. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? And then you I'm, have your storm eagle come in with Karn and that nightmare unit of tactical marines in there, um, and oh, leave, leave the butchers out of it. Right. Yeah, uh, I, 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 you don't have to because the butchers are terminators, and terminators in orbital assault gain deep strike automatically. So if you got room to toss them in there too, mm-hmm. then go for it. But now your deployments taken care of because they're yeah. going to be a deep striking unit. Right. Yeah. This, uh, the, the, with what he has, he can definitely do a very vicious. And then with the destroyers, if they, as long as they have jetpacks, they can be uh, deep striking in as well. Um. Yeah. Just all around. Yeah. De- uh, I definitely go with a uh, yeah, or pack assault. two, or or it it would technically be two units. But if your storm eagle is not a dedicated transport, um, if he didn't want to take the if he didn't want to take more troops, like with that tactical squad, he could put yeah. the destroyers in there. Yeah, right. Um, and actually, that would work perfect because you said he has eighteen, mm-hmm. so eighteen destroyers in the storm eagle, mm-hmm. uh, Karn, and then throw an apothecary in the unit that has Karn in it. Yeah, and then uh, again, that's another nightmare coming out. But now that nightmare is wounding on twos. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, actually, if you charge the same unit with both of those, I think the rad grenades stack. But somebody, somebody should confirm that for me because I don't. What do you mean? Like I, I think I think for each unit with rad grenades, your toughness goes down by one. I believe. So. Oh yeah, it stacks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, two okay, so, so if you have two of them go in, that's now dropping regular Marines to toughness two, and your chain axes are strength five, you're now doubling out yeah, with, seriously. Right, with regular guys. Yeah. And so that means uh, if, if you have any two two wound characters in there that are you know, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna just die. Yeah, that's a pressure washer over a stone. That's yeah. what that is. Um, <laughs> 
Maybe do that instead, buddy. Uh, your your toughness on Karn will go down a little bit, but who cares? He's going to mulch whatever he's in a challenge with oh, yeah. at that point. Um, because if, if he's got any character in there, uh, he doesn't even need a Paragon Blade. You could just have him with a regular Chain Axe. He's going to have yeah. so many attacks, he's going to fail one of those, even mm. on a 2-plus armor save. And now, like, I mean, you've you've turned you've turned 20 guys into instant death maniacs yeah. that are getting like four attacks on the charge. And see, this even works against two Terminators, other Death yep. Stars. That yeah, may, they don't have a Primark in it. It doesn't uh, matter what's in the way at yeah. that point. Um, Just the, the sheer volume of attacks that you're going to be throwing out is it's nothing's going to stand in the way and we've seen i've seen this yep. being done with inducti as well to a similar to a similar degree it's just the volume of attacks being thrown the weight of dice is what is ultimately going to kill your opponent and exactly and you that- dealt with the issue of getting your world eaters to your opponent yeah so it, it, it has a great theme right and it has a theme that can be used over and over again you could use that same theme for um, Siege of Terra. You yep. could use it. Uh, you can't use it for Istvan Five, but you could no. use it for Istvan Three if you're actually going to play a game that had vehicles in it. Yep. Um, I mean, it's it's endless. And and to be honest with you, I think it's going to perform quite well, uh, especially if you've got the points to tack melt the bombs onto those destroyers oh. just in case. I mean, exactly. you probably won't need them, but just in case. Exactly. Yeah, if, yeah. If, you, if you happen to run into a Contemptor Dreadnought, I mean, at least you'll be able to take care of him. Um, I mean, and again, you have he has a lot of other options too. He has a Whirlwind. He has a Land Raider. He's building twenty more. Just he's building twenty more Despoilers right now. I'm hoping yep. he's giving them chain axes. Um, so I mean if, that 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 gives him a second list and a second theme, right? So then he can he can create a theme. Mm-hmm around the drop-in at Armatura, and then he can create a theme around extended campaign Armatura yeah. once you're on the ground. And then once you've got an army of that size that you can kind of play two different ways with, that's what prevents your army from becoming stale, right? I mean, we, we see a lot of guys uh, in in this hobby in general, especially, and I mean, I'm, I know I've been guilty of this as well. Oh, same here. You build one 2,500 or one 3,000-point list, and, and you wear out on it. Right, yeah. and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna drop my drop pod in with Meltavets, and then mm-hmm. my infiltrating mm-hmm. rhinos are gonna do this, and then yeah. my infiltrated whatever, right? Um, put your coat of paint on it and, and call it call it the day, and then it it gets a little it gets a little stale, it gets a little boring. So if you know, it sounds like this is his his main hobby mm-hmm. army that he's going into right now. I mean, with everything you've said, he's probably got six thousand points plus. Oh. Yeah. Um, available so he can build two two armies uh out of it that'll play two very different ways uh, yeah. and have have a, a somewhat of a setting theme um mm. that, that'll work well so, so uh yeah i, I mean yeah, i mean i think i think with i think the big thing is is he has the models to do two great lists um but i really like the idea of the um Vanguard Assault style uh, yep. list because that one is one it's 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 a little it's a little uh, unique for the the world eaters but still works very well into their strengths um, and it's it's just it's the, the the amount the sheer volume of attacks that he's going to be able to like, throw out at someone 
even on the first and second turn, like it's it, it, he wanted in your face. And yep. a Vanguard assault using the uh, the assault marines, using the uh, card, it, and it's just everything the way it works. It would be in your face. Turn one, turn two. No one's going to be able to yeah. stop that. It's going to yeah, be all give you some some good scoring and board control potential. Oh yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, I think it, that's the way to go. I think that's a bit. It's a very versatile list too. Uh, I think it, it it's themed on like the basically like you said the the original drop on Armatura, and it's it it would still perform very well in any game yep, against anyone. So. It's going to force people to have to think a little bit differently about it, which is oh yeah, there, it's, it, your opponent's um, target priority is definitely going to be his biggest problem because yeah. he's not what like you have. You have uh, flamers right in, right in your line. You have a dreadnought yeah. in your line. You have yeah. And he's not going to want to charge the flamers, but if those God, flamers yeah. also have chain axes, they're going to charge something next turn. So yeah, exactly. It, so yeah, it's a very destructive flamer. Unit. Oh yeah, um, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be a tough choice about what what they're supposed to do or what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think that's going to be what gives you your advantage. So see, and yeah. that's the thing. Like with my list, I did it as a prolonged campaign of armature. Uh, with his list, he can do it as the initial hammer hit into Armatura. Very vi- very violent, very very in your face like he wanted. And I, I, I love, I can't wait to see what he does with it. And I can't wait to see how his games go. Because, yeah. God, even even I'd be afraid of that list. And I'm playing World Eaters. So. Yeah. I, uh, I'd play it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a sucker for punishment. but uh, Oh, I, I'd play it. I'd, I'd play it, it no problem. I mean, but I like how, like, two same, I like how we're, we both have the same uh, inspiration as in, in Betrayer, but mm-hmm. with the models that we have, we have two totally different points in time on Armature. I'm exactly. prolonged campaign, he's the initial strike. It, it, it works well, it, it's great, I love it. And like you said, that, that list can be versatile uh, in, yeah. against You can, can switch it up Siege over Terra. time. You know, yep. and I mean, how many planets did uh, did Angron chew up along his on his path war path to uh, some to, somewhere to between two and five hundred? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, so. if yeah, if he wants to do Kelf, same thing. The initial initial uh, uh, attack on Kelf, like it's just it works well. I would run with that idea. I'd go yep. with Vanguard Strike for sure. Uh, no orbital assault. Orbital assault. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the drop cell Vanguard would be the jump marine one. Um, yeah, and then then he would lose access to the drop pods. But I mean, yeah. he, he can change it from game to from game to game depending on how many points uh, it actually runs, yeah. right? So, um, even, yeah, even within the drop list, he's got some versatility in right of war, mm-hmm. and that'll that'll keep it fresh, which is important. Yeah, for sure. Right on. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a good listener list. I like that one a lot. Yeah, he has all he has a lot to work with, which was great. And, yeah, I mean he's yeah. he's he's got and he's, like he said he's working on twenty more spoilers, red butchers, some more apothecaries, and storm eagle. I mean I can't wait to see this stuff. And if you like I said, go and check out his stuff. Uh, Cyanide Scorp on at Cyanide Scorp on Instagram. Follow him on the thirty k. He posts a lot on the thirty k uh, Facebook page for World Eaters. I know he just built a Leviathan, so. Because he just yeah. posted that today on the thir- on the thirty k world. Maybe, maybe go ultra meta and just throw that in the drop pod. 
and then drop that in one of those support squads and then turn mm. two the other support squad comes in yeah but, oh, so um bad. yeah depending on how how tough his meta is right on. yeah uh okay why don't we uh why don't we take a quick break then mm-hmm. and uh we'll grab zach haul, haul him into the studio here Sounds and good. uh and we'll have a have a good chat about narrative events yeah see you guys right in a little on. bit This evening in the studio is Zach Merovich. Uh, yeah. yeah, I pronounced it right. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, yeah, so joining us today is Zach Merovich. He's uh, an active member of the SoCal 30K group and uh, also the event organizer for LVO 2021. Oh, yeah. Big cheese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Thank you for having me, guys. For sure, that's how, how we know that we made it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did just—it just kind of got dropped in my in my lap. Um, so it's, well, it's it's been an adjustment, but it's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah. Wait, why don't you uh, why don't you run us through how how it kind of fell into your lap? Like how how did uh, how did you take over for? It, it was literally just um, uh, Bill who did a great job running it the last cu- cu- couple years. Um, I think that you know because Corona having a big effect on, on everybody. I think he, he said originally, I think he said that he would, he just didn't think he'd be able to make it. Mm-hmm. So um, yep. he wanted somebody to pick it up. And since I've been doing, I did the SoCal open 30 K event last year. Um, I think they thought it would make sense for, for me to, to try to, to try to run it. Yeah. Well, I mean, LA is not far off, right? So yeah, it's not that um, far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it makes sense. So, um, yeah, yeah, and, and and I know since 2019, it's been starting to to shift a little bit more towards narrative, and that's, that's kind of why we brought you on here. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean, I, I I wrote the players pack and 
and adapted the missions and things like that. From mm-hmm. 2019, well, I somewhat wrote it. I fixed a lot of it. I replaced <laughs> a chunk of it as well. Right. Um, mm. No, no, no pot shots. The guy who was originally doing it, but I got an almost indecipherable Google document, <laughs> and I was like, "What is this?" And uh, and Bill was kind of like. I, I need a miracle by like tomorrow. And I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, I was like, I, I was actually leaving for LA the next day. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the company I used to work at our, our factory was in orange. Um, and uh, I was like, shit, I'll do what I can. Um, <laughs> Grim darked it up a little bit more uh, and, and, and slapped it together. Right. Uh, and it seemed, seemed like people liked it. I, I know on your, your most recent post, there's a lot of, a lot of claps back to it so that made me feel pretty good but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so um why don't you uh well maybe maybe first because we'll we'll add a little bit of structure mm-hmm. uh we we didn't get to meet when i was there in 2019 um to give you an idea of who i was i was the the only red shirt getting fucking stomped on um <laughs> the, the entire tournament uh because because i play raven guard um <laughs> uh no i can't actually roll to save my own life uh i won yeah i won the first game and then then i played against uh actually the guy who ended up going on to win win the event um the night player uh yeah and and, in the the second mission was you get points for holding the the center pillars um and preventing them from being destroyed uh so the plate doesn't drop final fantasy 7 style (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was set up. I was set up well, and I was like, okay, I think I can do this. And then he seized on me, and then I just couldn't make a saving throw. Like, at one, I, I had a 15-man assault squad, and he dropped, like, two pie plates on me. Oh, yeah. And I had a three-plus cover save. So, like, really good odds that, you know, it's going to be okay. Uh, I had to make 14 saves, and I rolled 11 twos. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, seriously, no ones. Just eleven twos, and he looked at me, and because that wasn't even the first thing he did to me. Um, like, <laughs> I, I had two plus cover saves on on stuff with Camellia line, and I couldn't even make that. <laughs> and uh, and and then after, so, so I lose my eleven guys, and then I roll, um, I, I roll for morale, and I lose, and then it's three d six because they have jump packs, and I rolled like three sixes on the jump back so that's one 18 inches back off the board and he's like man he's like i'm gonna go down and buy you new dice on the trade floor after this <laughs> <laughs> he's like i just feel like shit and i was like oh whatever man like if i can kill one night i'll be happy um, and then uh and then it was just like i, I just got slapped around around on the bottom rung after that <laughs> you, but, you, you need to get um color coordinated dice for your for your guys black and white dice i did i do oh well then I have, I yeah know. i have uh they're black it they're i have i have black dice with white dimples and then i have like bone colored dice with uh black dimples on it <laughs> i'm just gonna have to get some casino dice <laughs> so myself and zach have gotten to play we get to play in 2019 yeah, uh, I was playing Thousand Sons. He was playing his militia, beautifully yeah. painted militia army, uh, yeah. and and I did end up winning. But you put up one hell of a fight because I was I was using a curb stomping list with Magnus. No, back no in my <laughs> power gaming days, 
Um, <laughs> yeah, Craig really comes from that old guard. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't have slowly trying to convert. I don't have a thousand suns anymore, so they don't exist in my collection anymore. So, but yeah, we had a great game. I, I, I thought it was for me it was one of my better games of 2019. Um, it was one of the ones I took a lot of memories from. Um, good, good memories, not bad memories. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it. Most of the games that I play with my militia are very thematic because it's very rare where most of my units survive, even if I do win. So, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time, even if it is like a hard game, like, like you said, like uh death star Magnus mm-hmm. list, you know, you, you kind of get a kick out of just making it as hard as possible. Like hold, hold, hold the line, you know, mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> there's something beautifully romantic about being a man in the time of giants. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, that's what drew me towards that list in particular, the the militia list, mm. for sure. Yeah. And it's so customizable too, you know. Yep, hundred percent. So to make a narrative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so I, I I guess because I mean a lot of a lot of at least the Edmonton, the Northern Alberta meta is still kind of coming around to what to what narrative means. Uh, I thought I'd really break it down um, and and give give the de- the definition first. And so in, in our case, when we're talking about narrative gaming and narrative lists, and narrative really becomes an adjective. And the definition of that from the dictionary is in the form or concerned with a narrative um, or a, narr- a narration, sorry. And a narration is the telling of a story. And so that's, that's first and foremost the number one thing, thing to think about when you want to make a thematic narrative list like you've done with your militia, right. um, mm. like, like I'm doing with my wolves. Uh, and it's up and above just your right of war. It's typically picking a piece from the stories because we, I mean, we've got 48, what, 48 black or black library novels. Right. And, yep. and nine black books. Um, I mean, we've got more stories than we know what to do with. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, there's, there's such a wealth of opportunity to translate that over into narrative events as well. And again, that narrative becomes an adjective, which really means you're telling a story. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, why why don't you tell us a little bit about maybe your first your first foray into running a narrative event, which was um, last year's SoCal Open, right? Yeah, I mean, um, that was. The, I mean, obviously, probably most of the people listening or or has had some kind of an interaction with the idea of like playing a game that has some kind of a story involved with it. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, even if it's just like you know a reason why you know both of your loyalist space marines are like fighting each other right you know which yeah. happens the time mm. but like um definitely yeah last year at socal it was the first time i had ever ran an event where where people had actually had to pay money to to, to attend so i was kind of nervous about that but um i just kind of approached it from the angle of like um you know you don't necessarily cuz i've been playing since like third so mm-hmm. a lot of these old, older missions where you don't necessarily need the 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 playing ground or like the points to be even, you don't necessarily mm-hmm. need the exact same objectives, um, you know, and you want to kind of create a little bit of room for people to have their own their own custom made characters or, or heroes mm-hmm. um, outside of what you know most people might might bring like with a netlist, you know, with like a named character. Um, so I wanted to kind of create an environment that was friendly for that. 
Um, and I think that I got good um, feedback on it for for sure. And um, I'm kind of going to be bringing that to SoCal again this year and then to LVO as well. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's and and I mean, you hit the nail on the head, kind of calling it back to where points necessarily didn't have to be equal, missions right. weren't equal, right. and I, I took the same approach when I ran kind of like our our first, what I like to call truly narrative event in in northern Alberta, and and I mean, Craig came to that, and I think mm. you can attest that it was unlike anything we've played. In, it was de- in it was definitely before. it was definitely different from what the usual format for events are in our community for sure yeah so i mean i I took that same thought where it's you know war is not an even game war isn't balanced right and uh so i i didn't introduce custom characters but what i did introduce was uh i took i took some of the uh the additional units that eric prothero burns uh put out um yeah i'm not sure if you've seen his compendium or not right yeah he's I think I might have run across it because um, when I was looking at like the Morn of All events, that kind of inspired me to look at a whole bunch of different people's um, mm-hmm. customers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's got uh, he he was kind of the first one to adapt like assassins uh, yeah, over it's... to the Heresy, and then he also compiled all the rules for like that panoply of war stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, I, I, t- I took the units for models and stuff that I had in that and, and uh, models that I wasn't going to use. I, I ended up having to kind of jump in last minute and, and fill a spot, but um, which became challenging <laughs> to run such an engaging narrative event and try to play it at the same time. Right. Because um, I, I had some unique table interactions that uh, we, we can chat about in a minute. But um what i what i did was uh, i think like three weeks before the event uh i was driving down for a wedding uh, in banff um and so I, I went through another another city in in alberta calgary and there was a store that was selling that old like objective pack that comes with like the las gun power pack case oh, yeah 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 it has all the servo skulls with it skulls and the uh the different yeah dice. yep yeah exactly yeah. and so i bought like three of them because he was selling them for like 20 bucks or something awesome um yeah and so i i before the event started i went around and i hid uh the skulls on all of the the tables and so if you if you finish the game controlling one of these servo skull objectives with a unit that still has a character or independent character in it then you got to bring the skull to me at the end of the round and you you can roll on these tables um and these tables yeah, the tables uh, kind of like an old RPG. Yeah. Um, so you know, you roll up, you roll one first, and, and I can't remember off the top of my head like if it was the D10 or whatever. Um, but you roll one, and then that tells you which table you get to roll on. So whether you're rolling on Sire or the Relic List, mm-hmm. um, or you'll get a unit, or you'll get a character. Wow. Um, and uh, sorry, I just had a burp. <laughs> uh and i tried to mute it but i flipped my thing in the wrong direction <laughs> sorry everybody uh but uh yeah so you come up and and again because this was a foreign concept not really too many people were were going after the servo skull they kind of ignored it because it wasn't even point in the game sure. um up until this this other really really narrative gentleman who has some incredible lists uh he he took one in the first round and so everybody's watching him roll on it 
he's playing Sons of Horus, and he rolls up a Vindicare assassin. So now he's jazzed because he can be Kel, the Vindicare assassin from uh, stories that flips over to Horus' side. Right. Mm-hmm. Right, and now he gets to run around with that, um, and uh, and then the Talons player, uh, he uh, he rolled up terminal lucidity injectors, so Janisha Kroll just got like insane. <laughs> she got jacked up. Yeah, wow. um, and I think everyone just stayed away from her after that. But then the following game, everyone was so jazzed on it that most people were just slogging each other over these servo skulls instead of playing the mission. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, which was which was really good. So then you know you saw people pick up like um, they picked up uh, our Alpha Legion player picked up a Palantine Blade Squad. Uh, another guy picked up like a Recon Squad, wow. and then they were like, "So do I have to figure out a way to fit this into the list?" And I said, "No, no, no. You get three thousand points. Everyone came with up to three thousand points, and from that three thousand points, you had to make either um, fifteen hundred points Centurion list." And a 2,500 point, what I called frontline list. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I know that's something that you're toying with uh, at LVO. So there might be a way for you to steal some ideas from me here. Yeah, for still, sure. Still please everybody. Um, so, <laughs> so what I, I go, go ahead, ahead, Craig. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish what you're going to say. Yeah. So I, I was going to say what what I did in in the case of that um, was if if you got these extra units, you just added them to your list. Right, so that that plays into that part of where war is not balanced, and you may right. be on the off foot, or you may be on the advantage foot. Right. Um, but if if you're if you're the underdog in one of those stories, it becomes this this great task, and you're that much more satisfied when you come out on top. Right. Uh, and I think that adds a whole level of depth and enjoyment that people weren't getting before. But what I did with the tables was I kind of had everybody bring a table that could. And I had some tables as Centurion tables and some tables as the frontline tables. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and so that's kind of where the you have to be able to make both came into play. So instead of the usual brackets, like, okay, you know, um, I beat you, so I'm 1,003 points on Swiss scoring and I go up against X, Y, whatever. Uh, I printed off, I've got a 3D printer, and I printed everyone a Lodge coin with their their sigil on it so iron warriors or talons or corn demons or whatever and circling back around to narrative tells a story right these i labeled each one of these places based on the kind of table they were bringing so i people communicate with me beforehand what the type of table was and i labeled that off as a sector of the city or as the rad wastes or the spaceport or whatever right and then it's a loyalist held planet in the story. So all the loyalists at the start of the, the event got their lodge coin and they got five minutes to decide amongst themselves who was going to defend which area. And so they put the lodge coin next to the label. We then put all of the trader coins inside of a cup. We just shook it up and loyalists came up one at a time and pulled a, a trader lodge coin. And whoever they pulled, that's who they had to play against. And so if they ended up on a Centurion table, they had to bust out their Centurion list. If they ended up on a front line, they'd bust out their 2,500-point list and, uh, and start throwing down. And then you started to get some cool dynamics between players as the story progressed because it's, it's first traders are making a landfall. They have to try to establish a beachhead. Right. And then as a war would progress, now lines have been drawn in the sand. You have to try to 
hold the line or push the line, break through, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the missions, I actually didn't give them out in advance. I had a number of people asking me what the missions were going to look like. But to prevent list tailoring, I, uh, I kept the mission secret. And so they're different missions on the Centurion tables from the frontline tables. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So it's, like it, yeah, it's, it's a little bit of work um, up front for the, the event organizer. But it really throws in this this sort of almost randomness without sort of just you know a, a random occurrence on the table that's going to swing it wildly, um, which I, I had played with that kind of mechanic before and and I found it it didn't work. Um, but I wanted to find a new way to sort of add that that surprise element into it. And uh, I, I, I found it I found it worked well. Um, but at that point, then everyone's kind of starting to get grudges or starting to form, <laughs> you know, the, the iron warrior player or the iron hands player had defended the spaceport. And so, uh, you know, he was like, no, get fucked guys. Like you can't hold the spaceport. It's mine. Like <laughs> it's my job. You guys lost. You don't get to get redeployed. Uh, cause what I would do is in between rounds. So let's, you know, round one finished, if you won, you could place your coin next. You got to place your coin next to the label. And okay. so then you had trader territories and you had loyalist territories. And so the loyalists can redeploy their forces amongst themselves and the traders can do the same thing. Right. Um, so the iron, the iron hands players like, nah, get fucked guys. Like, no, no one can hold the spaceport. It's just me. And then I think he like that table, like turn three or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, just walked up to the, just walked up to a few of the loyalist players. Uh, sorry, we lost the spaceport. <laughs> that sounds pretty iron, uh, iron handsy. Like they don't really play well with others, so that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why, why don't you tell us a little bit? Uh, you know, we kind of went over my my sort of, I guess, recipe for for a narrative event. Um, why don't you kind of give us what what you're thinking about for the next SoCal slash LVO? Sure. So um, at the last so SoCal, I like um i started in introducing it with my, my group of guys down here and some of the guys that came from arizona um as as well um because there's a big 30k community there as well um this idea of um of like a tiered varied point system mm -hmm. so so basically it's kind of like it's just it's basically just a, a take on centurion but then basically basically bringing it up to higher point levels as well so you have your tier one which is basically like traditional centurion like it's supposed to be mostly infantry very few vehicles um and then like mostly most of the vehicles you see are going to be walkers um and yeah. then uh most mostly like no named char characters that are or or praetor like level characters and then yeah. Going up from there, you start gradually adding in, like you know, um, less risk restrictions, um, more lords of war, more um, uh, characters that are more famous, uh, until you get to just no restrictions, and um, it seemed to work very well um, that that year. And I had a character creation thing where pe people would basically. Um, build their they would come to me they'd make some roles on different ta tables that would affect uh you know like characteristics or maybe a couple special rules and then um the one, yeah like the number one complaint that i had always 
uh, heard when people were, were like trying to do a narrative thing over a course of several games or, or something was um, why would my, my custom character that I've kind of just created from the book, why would their warlord trait change, you know, over yeah. or so like, cause a warlord trait is pretty much like an identifying factor of this guy's mm. generalship or, or what have you. So um for going forward, instead of having people just continuously add things at the end of each round, which I, I think got a little bit powerful, um, I'm just having them basically roll all at the beginning. And the main thing for, for me was they get to get three rolls on the um, Warlord trait, and then they get to, to keep whatever Warlord trait they want for the rest of the event. So, And I'm going to open it up this time around, I think, to people doing that ahead of time so they can kind of think about how that might affect the theme of their army and stuff. But um, what I'm adding in this time around as well is this uh, idea of stratagems, kind of like from the old um, city fight. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, so everybody has a, a point, a stratagem point um, base with all of their army lists that they can spend and um i'm kind of encouraging people to build their own uh like if they want to go for a key building stratagem like like a command post or something like that i'm kind of encouraging them to build their own scenery and bring it with with them um something that might yeah. be towards their army or, or something and uh a, a variety of different like dirty trick stratagems like booby traps and stuff which can be definitely useful in some of the missions like uh we were talking about point um missions don't have to be the same point value so there's one mission um that's like directly influenced from some of the older mission styles where it's it's like a, a convoy run you know mm -hmm. a convoy ambush so mm -hmm. the um the defending player is trying to get all of their units off like the far side um and then the attacking player starts with most of their units con con concealed so they get to put down basically radar blip as like a as like a counter instead of their actual unit. And once oh, that sounds sick. Yeah, and once their unit is like fired uh, on, or their unit actually shoots, or if they come within range of like, uh, what is it like the the thalax that can like see through buildings and crap like that, like uh. Yeah, I think it's an eighteen inch bubble. Yeah, something like like, like yeah. that, like like an auspex or something. Then that unit's re revealed. Um, so it's definitely like a, a, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to build the, like a little world and, and a story with these kind of, kind of things. I, I do love to play, but I'm also enjoying kind of creating that narrative. So this, um, 2020, we're kind of continuing a story that started in 2019 where the loyalists won last time around and they kind of foiled a traitor assault in this time. The traders are, are similarly to your um, to your event. The traders are going to be making a planet fall, um, and they're going to be attacking this system that um, declared their ind independence from the from uh, the Imperium. emperor and 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 from Horus. Like they're kind of like the civil war is going on. This is our chance to be non com com compliant again. Yeah. Um, mm. and then the loyalists show, showed up and. Uh, kind of uh took over again and then the traders are landing pretty much just when the loyalists got things under control again yep. so the first mission is going to be another one one of those where i've played tested it a couple times but um the loyalist player starts with 
half of their army on the table. Um, and then the trader uh, player gets um, gets to d- deploy ha- half of their army. And then the next couple turns, they get um, half of what they have in re- reserve, like arriving from the landing fields. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and the loyalist player has to hold, hold out with their half of their army, but all of their reserves come on at like a later uh, a later turn that I'll determine randomly. But uh, we, we've played it a couple times, and it's kind of to re- represent um, those loyalists scrambling in like the wee hours of the morning. Like they don't really know where the traders are landing, what 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 they're hitting. They're kind of in, in disarray, you know. And um, I, I like that. I might I might jack that. Um, <laughs> But uh, a great, great minds on the the separatist thing. So I mean, uh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll give a little spoiler. I've got my next two kind of Hecates planned out because um, mm-hmm. we're, we're the whole event series is to do the same thing, right? And it's to tell the continuing story of this you know small system of planets, uh-huh. the Hecate system. Um, and so in kind of the third one, I had planned for, uh, and I've I've been putting the bug in a few people's ears. Um, to actually have the the governance of the Hecate system secede, nice. so then we actually get three um, three factions, yeah, fighting inside the stars, yeah. right? So then anyone who's a black shield or anyone who doesn't have um, like a Primarch or a unique named character, mm-hmm. uh, anyone who's militia, solar auxilia, uh, yeah. they would kind of get uh and hopefully everyone forgets by that time because it'll be like two years from now <laughs> <laughs> they, they'll get that uh that little choice at the beginning where they can secede from the imperium that's cool. um, and that's definitely something that's in the lore like it's been in the forge world black books before yeah where you see these um planets that don't really know what the heck's going on and you know, a loyalist fleet might arrive in orbit demanding something, and, and they and they don't know what's going on, so they try to turn them away, and then they yeah. get attacked or something. And yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. I, I I love that. Um, you mentioned uh, giving them kind of three roles on the warlord trait, and maybe for for the sake of simplicity, letting them um, kind of think that like you know roll on it beforehand. Yeah. I, I know with an event up to like 30 people or so, and, and I've done this in the past and it seemed to work okay. Uh, I just kind of charged everyone else uh, a 10 point premium on their warlord to choose the trait. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. I did that in a campaign. Um, Cause uh, they used to run, you know, we had, we had the, the EDL 30 K uh, and I ran a few campaigns through that, which would be, you know, run similar to a league style. Like, you got two weeks to play your game. Here's who you're paired up against. Right. Go out and do it, um, and then send me the send me the results. And I would kind of type up with some of the highlights and kind of make the story a living story through that. Right. Um, and uh, I wanted to do character creation, but I was scared about people being dishonest. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my uh, that would be my only worries is yeah. the dishonestness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and not I even just will- dishonestness, but just genuine mistakes as well. Right. Um, because you know, someone could make a genuine mistake, and then they get paired up against the wrong opponent who accuses them of haberdashery. Haberdashery. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I was going to try to just use the character creation from or the character uh, experience run or rules, I guess, from book three. Right. Um, and then, 
and then it's the same idea as you as like the, the warlord trait would be part of that character so i just charged the ten point rules are like so in depth like it's something mm, that needs to be done over like a campaign you know what i mean yeah yeah um it's hard like to fit more... it into a like a two-day or three-day event yeah it 100 percent um yeah. but I, I think maybe and you know i'm not telling you what to do by any stretch but um for something like the size of lvo if you wanted to do custom characters instead of unique characters um yeah maybe just the 10 point premium because i think i think that's well yes. i mean the, the legate commander when he bumps up to the lord marshal gets some other buffs too but it's kind of built into that price but planetary warlord i think is like 10 or 20 points planetary warlord that that's exactly what i was th- th- thinking of yeah because that literally does allow you to choose your 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 warlord trait but i am um yeah if somebody wants to go for the character creation option they just pay, it's already in the player pack that they pay like 20 points more or something oh for, awesome okay for those cool. rules. because it, it makes sense right it's like yep. yeah uh, is that just the mournival events character creation no the mournival events character creation is very very in, in super in depth yeah it has like a whole box and and like a checkbox uh system and stuff that you're using and you can yeah. buy like upgrades for five points each yeah and stuff like that and so you can pretty much spend as many points as you want it seems with that with that yeah um, yeah it does it seems <laughs> like you can get a you can get a character up to like 205 points yeah um, yeah it, yeah, I tried to make like Cherokin out of it, and then I was just like, I'll just use a vigilator with two turnable sabers and jump back. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, his weapon skill won't be high enough, but those two turnable sabers can make him real fast. Yeah, <laughs> I did like like I like I like a lot of the Mournival event stuff. I like almost the security of using some of their custom units because they have been using them for so long. You know, you figure that they've been play tested pretty well. Um, yeah i yeah. like i mean i i never have any issue with it yeah i like um what else do they have i i like their like extra psychic discipline stuff and i like mm-hmm. um some of their like uh smaller rights of war for like uh people that don't want to bring um predators and stuff which is yep. kind of mm-hmm. like making tacticals better and stuff like like that but um yeah, yeah. i'm a big fan of the destroyer right of war yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I like un- unadulterated radiation. <laughs> I just say you never see destroyers. I never see dis- destroyers. No, I don't. Yeah, know. yeah. No, they're they're pretty rare. Uh, I've got two squads. Um, I haven't fielded them yet because they're not painted, but um, they'll they'll be I, out I, there. I've used destroyers. Oh yeah, that's just me. That's true, yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a Blood Angels army. I used destroyers. They were before the point cost was reduced, so. Uh, they were expensive unit. Yeah, they're um, crazy expensive. Yeah. For my my world eaters, right? I'm building right now. I'm using. Uh, I have a destroyer squad, um, because they're cheaper now and they're just as effective as they were before. So, I think they're a great a great unit. But that's my opinion. Yeah, I'm they so spooked by demons. They have a they have excellent demon killing potential mm. and thousand suns murdering potential as well. Actually. Oh yeah, don't you with sire canna they get some. Yeah some buffs yeah right? yeah you takes you can take uh psy grenades psycho grenades sorry yeah um and it's not very expensive it's actually quite cheap for psych grenades uh you can add psych out missiles on uh on the missile launcher and you can add psych out grenades on the grenade launcher yeah uh and you can take the toxferum flamer oh right 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 yeah mm-hmm. 
yeah. So I've got one squad with Toxferum Flamers, and I've got the other squad with uh, the Rad Missile Launcher with the Psycho Missiles added. <laughs> so, so if I run up against something, I can just take yeah. it out a little bit. But uh, I know I know you're a new listener, but uh, once you get to, I think it's episode three, we do kind of like a, a rundown on those those units that we don't see enough of in the Legions, but that we wish that we did. I mean why they might be more valuable than just in the standard kind of first look output to points ratio. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at, um, with that, that new war monger, um, Centaurian, mm-hmm. uh, I have like a squad of like 15 breachers that I, I almost never use. And I was thinking, uh, how like, could just, just kind of cool it would be for him to deep strike, in the backfield on top of like an objective with 15 breachers. Oh, 100%. What legion, like normally, uh, legion is that? Uh, I have uh, Iron Warriors in addition to my uh, militia. Yeah. So yeah, that, that could be a nasty drop. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, would, it would just be like they are kind of tough to shift if you don't have the right stuff. You yeah. Know? Um, but, but normally in, in any nor- normal game where you're not buying them, you know, like a Spartan or something, they're they're uh, just foot slogging across the field, and they don't really last very long. I think. Mm. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, and they're, they're pricey too. They're they're another unit that I don't think we see enough of. Um, yeah, I want to do at least one unit up for my wolves because I, w- I want to do a small ZM force kind of based around the yeah. assault on the vengeful spirit. Oh. Uh, yeah, and I've got a bunch of like those uh, wolfen shields and the. Um, Thunderwolf riding shields because they're like much much bigger, and uh, I'll probably use those as my breacher shields because I'm a sucker for punishment. So <laughs> I'm going like every character is a ca- like every model's a character. Right. No model, no model unconverted on these things. So <laughs> I mean, I probably won't be able to come to LVO this year, but yeah. maybe they'll be ready for next year. Um, um, yeah, and you know, speaking of that, like the every person's a character thing. Like one of the things that going into this narrative um event like fo- focus uh especially this year was mm-hmm. looking at some of the like more un- unplayed versions of 30k that are hiding in the mm-hmm. the big books and one of them was um i forget if it's shadow war or something but it's basically 30 the 30k v- version of, of kill kill team oh that's a victory's vengeance yeah, Victory's Vengeance. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. I've been trying to get somebody to play that with me for yeah. years, man. Yeah, and, <laughs> and 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 this year with so with SoCal, there is going to be one uh, Victory is Vengeance round before the mega battle. That's and, sweet. Uh, yeah, and the attacking player can choose one of three objectives. Um, yeah. For 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 them to fight over, and then based on what the objective is, they'll, they'll get. Whoever wins gets uh, some some kind of bonus for their team in the hmm. mega battle. So if they're fighting yeah, over yeah. like a like Archaeotech vault or something, they'll 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 get to grab a random relic or or something for the mega mega battle to hand out and hmm. you know, yeah reserve yeah. and stuff like like that. But you know nobody yeah. plays small point games too, and I think that that's kind of part of it as as well. Just in growing the hobby and for narrative games is there's a lot of storytelling that can be done at these smaller point levels. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I've always, I've always had the, uh, kind of like, uh, the last chancers, um, yeah. thought mm. and just like make your victory as vengeance team. And then 
do yeah. like a two day event. I've, I haven't done this. I, I don't think I can get anyone in Edmonton to fucking buy into Victory's Vengeance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, uh, well, maybe one guy. I could probably get one guy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I always had the idea of like, oh, it'd be sweet if we did like a Saturday, and then that whole day was Victory's Vengeance, and then that's that kill team that survives the, the Victory's Vengeance, and the second yeah. day joins up with the main force. Yeah, and then you can actually have that as its own unit. And then it kind of plays as that unit in the bigger bigger scheme of things. Mm. Like then it has to follow unit cohesion rules and things like that. But then you can get some cool things, you know, where um, you've got like you'd have a couple loyalist night lords kicking around inside of a uh, like an Iron Hands army, or or yeah, if you were playing, cool. yeah, exactly, right. Like I I know for a fact there was at least one night lords guy that was hanging out with the Raven Guard. Um, right. And, uh, it's it's in the the compendium Korax because he like he has to go on like a sneaking mission and he kind of like fucks it up because he's like oh whatever this is more fun like now they're scared and the Raven Guard is like yeah now they know we're fucking here idiot <laughs> <laughs> and they're like they're trying to like get into a fortress he's like yeah but they don't know how many of us there are he's like there's only two of us <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not doing anything <laughs> like um, it's a I, I can't remember what the story was called but it is really good uh it's it's pretty funny um, yeah. but that, uh awesome. that would be yeah, awesome I mean, I mean totally and the, you 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 only really need like how much is a freaking um a veteran squad is like 150 points or something for like yeah. five or something yeah yeah something that's, like that that's I think it's 125 that you need for for because i think it's like 200 points or something yeah, it's 200 points, and then basically how you build it is because uh, every every unit has the additional cost per model. Right. So you buy the initial model with the cost per model. Yeah. And then you'd buy them as gear, right? So you could yeah. you could and following the the Night Lords theme that we're talking about, you could be like, oh, this guy used to be uh, part of the terror squads, so. I'm gonna get this one terror squad guy. I'm gonna buy him a Volkite, and he's you know 18 points or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then much like kill team, they kind of operate on their own. Yeah. They space out, and I I can't remember. It's been a, a while since I looked at it, but I think uh, I think there's some specialist rules that like three of them can have or something like that. Yeah. But they can gain experience as you play them, similar to Necromunda, and then they actually get like a little bit better. Right, so uh, if you were someone who really wanted to remake the crew of the Sisyphean, like that's the way to do it. Um. <laughs> yeah, but I think I think I mean I I remember there being um you know Kill Team was has been around for ages like that yeah. idea. So I think that that that's always been like a fun kind of uh, way way to play the game. That uh, is it's very popular now since it's in Fort it's uh, been reinvented with 40k again. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and so the new the new forty k ish edition, they kind of stole from the Victory's Vengeance, because um, it, it's it's funny, right? As I was getting into Heresy, I was trying to like make a new version of Kill Team because the old one, you're right, you had to buy the whole squad, mm-hmm. right? You get you had two hundred points, and you had to buy a squad, and then maybe if you were lucky, you could buy another squad, right? Uh, depending on what army you were playing, and then you had your leader was automatically the guy with the highest leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he became your leader specialist, and then you got three specialists that could choose from, I think, six tables. I actually probably still have the original Kill Team book kicking around because I—that was actually what what I mostly used to play before I met Craig and, and the 30k guys. Oh, that's mm. cool. 
and is, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah we mostly just played it because we were like ah oh, now we don't need six by four and like it's quick so we could you know we could have like a hobby day me and a couple parties insane tables at a home if you just like like to play kill kill team or necromunda mm, or yep. something yeah exactly yeah. right so like I, I busted out the foam core and like made a bunch of buildings because i found some <laughs> templates online so like just put them down and draw draw the shape and then cut the shape out slap the building together and uh, i still have one of them i keep it even though i screwed it up and forgot to put windows in it um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, you, like you could get some cool buildings going and some cool terrain, and, and you get some cool stories going, and then those really became like your dudes. Yeah. So Victory is Vengeance really sucked me in, and that's why I'm mm-hmm. kind of bummed I haven't had a chance to play it. But I was actually inventing like a rule set, and I used it was pretty much the exact same idea, uh, and it was just okay. Well, I know that some units you can buy an extra guy, so I'll just use that as the base cost, and then you know we'll play it at 150 points, and then you right. can you can add a commander type unit. So you can't buy a Praetor or anything for Victory's Vengeance, but um, you can have a Centurion lead them more or whatever. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I like that. <laughs> you know, if, if things are a little cleared up and you're going to do a Victory's Vengeance thing next year, fucking count me in. I'll be down. <laughs> well, you know, we've got um, friends in orange. So what, what's interesting is that, um, there is a guy who's been talking to me who's been interested in, in bringing um, Titanicus to L- LVO mm-hmm. as as well and running a Titanicus campaign alongside of the LVO 30k um, narrative. So yep. uh, that that would be pretty cool too. Finding yeah, have those two events r- riff off e- each other or something. Um, I mean that's that's definitely something I can help you with because uh, the the first Katie was supposed to have a Titanicus side to it. Mm. Um, but uh, unfortunately a couple of the Titanicus people had to drop out so um, since it was only going to be like two dudes I was like here's your yeah. refund boys like get yeah. out yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean we, like, we, we can chat about it about it offline I've got a couple good ideas on, on how to kind of bring them together um, and maybe, maybe if we put our heads together we can we can find the, the right way Yeah. Um, get that, uh, that other gentleman involved as well yeah um, who is it? Do we know him? Is he a famous podcaster? Um, I I have not met him in person. I think he's from Australia, actually. Ah. Uh, yeah, but because uh, one of one of uh, uh, Mark who who's gone to uh, LVO se- several times, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I think introduced me to him. Um, so yeah, so probably hundred percent from Australia. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I mean I've I've played a couple games with of um of uh titanicus and that's another really fun like it is a 30k game too which is um low model count and stuff something and easy to get people into and kind of introduce to the the yeah (laughs) it's funny actually we were talking about it um before you jumped in and i was just like i love the game but i hate painting the models (laughs) (laughs) it just the the titans just don't do it for me and like they're fantastic models just one of those things that like for me it's a chore i'd rather be painting small ships <laughs> like oh <laughs> yeah. there you go yeah. yeah i want battlefleet heresy back um battlefleet or, heresy hey, hopefully yeah. that's the next hopefully. <laughs> yeah fing- fingers crossed because um, I, I i can tell you right now i'd have a lot more fun painting ships <laughs> like uh but the, the rule set's awesome and the game is actually it's, it's a bundle of fun um, it is Titanicus yeah, is, is a lot of fun yeah uh, they really hit a home run, home run mm-hmm. with that one. 
Yeah. Um, makes me want to try Epic, but oh, I just have to so not. Fun. I have oh, to not I mean, open that fucking can of worms. You re- remember at the last um, LVO, those guys were were playing that um, Epic Horse Heresy game. Yeah, like I the, didn't. I didn't make it to LVO twenty twenty. Um, like oh, when they moved it to January. Okay. Yeah, Craig. Craig did. Oh, okay. I was there. Yeah, and so yeah, that's that's why it's one of the reasons I, I didn't I didn't help with it at all. Sure. Um, it's because I'm like I'm I'm not going to be there this year. Because uh, they moved it to January, and January is always a tough month for me. I always have, I always have meetings. Um, <laughs> because it's it's the start. Like our fiscal year ends like December 31st. So in those first two to three weeks, that's when we have to get started and kind of plan out our our year. Um. So, I mean, hopefully it moves, but I, like 2020, it starts on like the Thursday and my meetings didn't end until the Friday. And I'm uh, like, oh my God, like I'm going to finish at four o'clock and then I got to drive like, I'd have to drive, I, I'd either have to drive back to Edmonton, which is like four hours from Panth, mm-hmm. or I'd have to drive to Calgary and then hop on a drink party. and party and fucking play games all weekend and then get back and then drive three hours. And I was like, none of that fucking interests me. Um, <laughs> like, especially if I was going to get there so late on Friday, which is fine because I, I don't typically play in mega battles. So, right. I mean, missing the Friday wouldn't have been a huge deal, but I would have got in really late and then I would have had to, tr- like, you know, get a hotel room and fucking that would have been a nightmare, <laughs> like, last minute. Yeah. Um, and then. Of... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I, I was pretty much done. <laughs> oh, well, I was just saying, say because you you brought up the mega battles and um, Craig probably remembers it too. Is um, speaking of like build, building the narrative and stuff is because mm. I think that when we were talking about this er, earlier, you mentioned you know trying to inspire other people what what they can 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 do. But um, mm-hmm. the last couple cu- couple years, and this is something that um, I think a lot of people that I know and and I'm bringing it as as well into the mega battles for my event too is the idea that um super heavy units oh target priority yeah target yeah that's my rule baby yeah i mean (laughs) that's my rule it makes game up with that Um, like that that's a really easy way if you're gonna bring one rule to like a big battle to make it more narrative i feel like that that's that's the rule for sure (laughs) yeah yeah so i the i came up with that rule uh for like twofold um one because uh, somebody was kind of complaining. I can't remember where it was, but they were like, "Oh, I like playing the Mega Battle, but I don't have any of that stuff, so I just get blasted off the table real early, right. and then I don't get to play." And I was like, "Oh, that kind of sucks." And then I was thinking about it, and I'm like, "Well, fucking the Titans aren't going to be like, let's just ignore those other Titans on the other side of the field. <laughs> we'll just mulch these plebs in the bottom, right? Like they're gonna they're gonna leave those for the other plebs that they have on their side to deal with, and they're gonna yeah. be like, let's take out that other thing that can take us out." Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, and then like I, I watched the Mega Battle in 2019 because I wanted to see how the rule worked and and see how people enjoyed it. And guys were just like, guys were loving it because you, you'd end up with a guy who's like basically just a pilot of a Titan, and he's just yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm not bringing I'm not bringing my foot sloggers out. I'm just gonna worry about my Titan. Right. Uh, and you get some cool like coordination going on, and then you get a Warlord Titan blow up in the middle of the board and fucking <laughs> nuke most of what's down there. Yeah, um, and then and that, the infantry have cool. something to freaking do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Because otherwise, the infantry are just like, oh, like I have to try to just not die. Um, 
to like I, I I scaled it down right. So it was it was Titans can shoot Titans until all other Titans are gone, right? And then they can shoot the next the next rung down, which uh, was super heavies and super heavy walkers. And right. then once all those were gone, then they could shoot the next run down, which would be vehicles like tanks, land raiders, shit right. like that. And then right. once all those were gone, if there's anything left on the table, they can mop up. Um, and it, it kind of went the same way, right? So if you're a super heavy walker and uh, there's still other super heavy walkers or other super heavies and other titans on the field, you have to shoot one of those. Right. So you can shoot your same level or up. Right is kind of the, the the way that the rule works for anyone who's listening and, and hasn't had the, the pleasure to play it at one of the last couple LVOs. Um, Highly rec- recommend playing your mega battles that way for sure. Yeah. If include, you don't want to include the, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, definitely include target priority. It's a, it's a major need for any mega battle. Um, Cause I, you get people who show up and that, you know, their Lord of War is the primark and then it's just like, Oh, fucking Send those three warhounds after that one guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and then and then that guy's big thing because he didn't want to pay to ship a warlord titan in a crate, like the guy from Britain does um, every year. Every year, uh, yeah. It's kind of amazing. Castro, yeah, yeah. That's um, a good, good looking titan too. It's a great looking titan. His army's good. Fucking, he's all he's all around good. Uh, my my best game that I've ever played. And sorry, Craig, it's not you. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Muhammad Castro, and it was at that 29 LVO. Like, holy shit, did we have a blast. Um, like, just a just an all-around good dude. We're chatting, we're having fun. You know, there's no pressure in, in the game that we're playing. Uh, kind of right until the last minute. That, that, that mission was basically just Dominion. But, um, so I infiltrated <laughs> on the objectives to steal points early. And uh, and so I got so far ahead. He was like, my only option is to wipe you off the board. Um, so he went <laughs> he went for it. And like, holy shit, did I start falling down when he's really started to go for it? And uh, my warlord was Alverick's Mon, and uh, I never really used him before. I just brought him because he was cheap. And so I didn't realize I could just throw him in the Storm Eagle and have the Storm Eagle come on like automatically turn two. Uh, yeah, so I would put him in a Damocles Command Rhino by himself. He would just kind of sit there. Um, and my thought process behind that, guys, was he lets me reroll CZ initiative. So if I don't get the, if I don't successfully win the reroll on going first, I can then reroll my CZ initiative. Sure. Because uh, I really need to go first. I have like five two plus saves in the whole army, and no invulnerable saves. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm easy to squish, <laughs> and. Uh, so he's now wiping me from the board and it comes down to like the only model I have left on the board. Cause speaking of bad dice, I got that 15 man assault squad into his knight, which had one hole point left. And I whiffed 11 melt of bombs. Oh, um, yeah. Couldn't even, couldn't even hit a, couldn't even hit a glance. <laughs> um, I got 15 guys in, he squished four on the stomp and then uh, I hit with seven melt bombs. And then I, even with armor bane, I couldn't roll a glance. Um, well, like your, your dice just hate. Yeah, hate, they, they do. They do. I need to get some custom dice. That's the issue. And then I need to like sacrifice a raven over them. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think the only guy left is Elveric's Mon, and he's got two hull points left. He has no invulnerable save. Uh, he has a power sword, and that's like it. And he's only weapon skill five. 
he's in close combat with two Volterax. Um, and yeah, so I mean, they're AP2 automatically. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Muhammad like throws a third Volterax into it. And it's right down to the wire. Like Bill's calling like, all right, guys, like 15 seconds. And he rolls the dice and he only scores one hit. So he can't kill me. And I was just like, I win. (laughs) And it was just, yeah. And it it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the best game because I won by a margin, but that, that helps. (laughs) It was just, yeah. Best dude around. Um, He's, he's excited. He's passionate and he gives you an illustration. And this is the kind of, these are the kind of experiences you get when you go to these things, guys. Like, this is what makes the hobby for me. This is what makes me passionate about narrative gaming. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So are they going to do the mega battle again this year? Or are you guys going to just do three days? I'm, of- I'm definitely doing the mega battle and by popular consensus is going to be happening on day one. Uh, so on Friday, on Friday, which yeah. is, um, which is interesting because for the SoCal, what I've been doing is having everything build, build up to the mega battle. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting doing it the re- figuring out how to make it fun, like doing it the reverse way. And I really liked what Bill did this last year, where he he had like um, the separate tables um, for the mega battles. He had like four yep. or like six pe- people. Um, yeah. Per, per that, table. That was kind of cool. Well, I'm I'm yeah. the one who wrote those rules for the mega battle. Oh, there you year. go. Cool. Yeah. 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 That I'm, was awesome, I man. I helped Bill out with that, and I did the, the rules for the Mega Battle. Um, and I was tr- if we had more terrain, and not just the generic terrain that was provided to us by uh, Fireline sure. Gaming, I had a much more in-depth plan for it. But uh, unfortunately, just with you know the lack of terrain specifically, I mean, I worked with what I had. So, what what else were you thinking of, of doing with with it? Yeah, uh, I wasn't it was, there, so I mean, you got to paint me a word picture. Oh, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember. On, in all honesty, I have to pull up my I have to pull up my my uh my notes again. But yeah, like I, yeah, yeah, I have my doc somewhere. I think it's on my iPad, which is not in front of me. I'm on my laptop right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was I was because I, I really wanted to make it so that um troops were important, right. and that the people who were not bringing titans or super heavies or whatnot felt that they were just as important as the guy who brought the warlord titan. And that was my that was my key to the whole thing, and also reducing the number of people on a, on a table uh, kept things more organized and kept people focused. I find with mega battles, um, mega battles are are a passion of mine. I really like the big games. I've always have. Um, whereas Alex is like likes the small ones. I'm <laughs> all for the big point games. Um, I find that people get distracted, and you know. Yeah when they run out of things to do, then they're just sitting there twiddling their thumbs and they wander off. And then all of a sudden you're getting called, Hey, <laughs> Hey, someone's shooting at you. You need to get this done. Yeah. Um, I just felt like if it was split up, it would be, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Like if you split it up across a few tables, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Cause then people are going to be moving faster. You're not waiting as long. Yeah. It's a good yeah. idea. And then also having a, uh, one person in charge. Uh, I believe Zach, I believe you were in charge. Of your uh, your table uh, um, your, uh yeah ironically side. yeah I, th- I think i was uh, i was the even though there was commander like, in charge of like Le- lehman russ so that was yeah, yeah. there's a few there's a few uh primarchs on your side 
Um, but yeah, you ended up being in charge, but like it was, again, that was, that person's job was to help keep your team focused on what they were doing. Everybody moved, everybody shot, everybody, like you were the Lord commander. You were the one, you know, in control. Um, it was just, it was just to help keep a folk, the focus on the mega battle, because for me, it was my, my favorite thing to play in, but it never, it, it always got lost it never ended it, ne- it will never <laughs> end this also had an end like there was a clear end and um and though people weren't getting blown away right away like they were staying yeah. there for longer longer periods of time uh could you shoot get- from one table to the other one could like a warlord titan on table uh, two be like i believe oh, that that on table one <laughs> i i wanted that but we we nixed it so or a basilisk uh, about i want because yeah. my thought process yeah. was a basilisk put that um, in zach <laughs> write, write that down. <laughs> um, but yeah, like because I, I I had followed a gentleman on YouTube who did the uh went right when for horse heresy was first starting it was probably 2012, 2013 He did a siege of terror mega battle, filmed mm-hmm. the whole thing, and I liked a lot of his ideas uh with a U shaped table and having tables mm. people playing on other tables and having other tables be able to shoot at other tables if they could reach. You know stuff like that, and uh, I still I, I didn't steal a lot of his ideas. I manipulated a lot of his ideas to work for the Fine, event. You can say you stole them. Inspiration. Uh, in, yeah, inspired. You took inspiration. I took. I took. <laughs> it was any an homage. Yeah. Um, and I, I I really remember looking back on that as a uh well I, that was a fantastic. I wish I can't wait to play in our own version of the Siege of Terror at some point in time in my life. I'll be sad if I don't get to play that. But yeah, no, uh Mega Battles have always been a big thing, a big favorite of mine. And when I was able when Bill asked me to, you know, wrap the rules for it and help him run the Mega Battle, I was like, I was all over that. I was like, you know, a fat kid on, on cake kind of thing. Because <laughs> yeah. I love I love I love Mega Battles. They're my thing, they're my jam. Yeah. So. You, you know what I've always I've always wanted to do um and uh, I was actually I was going to do this for um like kind of a mini Hikati like Hikati chapter 1.2. I was going to mm-hmm. do it in March um but then I saw covid coming so I, I haven't actually told anybody about it so I was going to keep it in the pocket but I was going to do um where the loyalists had kind of like lost in Hikati chapter 1. I was going to do kind of like the final evacuation at mm-hmm. the governor's mansion. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and i was gonna get Padinsky to bring his like warlord titan and mm. uh i was gonna put uh, a u-shaped table with like a double table kind of mm. at the back yeah and yeah. in the middle i was gonna place the warlord titan and then i was gonna have a zone mortalis off to the side and so the warlord titan was like inactive but you'd have to take control of it so you gotta board it first oh my god and then when your guys board it you pick your guys up and you take them over to the zone mortalis and then oh you gotta God. like fight your way in there um and i just thought that would be like bonkers and awesome because again I, I like the small games right so it's a way for me yeah. to like mm. put what i like into the big battle because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. then i would just take my guys and be like all right guys get me up there let me board it um <laughs> i remember um for just like a local group mega battle that i i i wrote the rules for for like the day um it was like a similar thing where we had one of our guys was lucky enough to own uh, a zone mortalis board. And I was like, how can I use this? And um, uh, I, we ended up writing it where uh, the zone mortalis was like an, a, uh, a uh, orbital um, defense satellite, mm-hmm. right. With these like, Sweet. with these fighter wings. 
in it. Yep. Oh, yeah. So the Zone Mortalis game that you played, you had to escort um, fighter fighter pilots to the hangar area. Mm. And every time you got a fighter pilot there, um, you would get to use... Um, I think we had like a couple light lightnings and like some Valkyries that mm-hmm. we could do strafing runs of the, the Mega oh, Battle that's with, awesome. which is kind, yeah. kind of fun. And there was there was like a set amount of uh, these models available, so it was like kind of a race to see who could get the most uh, pilots mm. there first, kind of thing, which was kind of fun. That's awesome. But, I like that one. That's a good yeah. one. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. but that's dude, freaking having the giant. World of Titan, you have to fight to uh, activate. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Because then, like, as soon as you get that, like, oh man, if the traders got that, typically our trader players tend to like be better uh, okay. <laughs> than than our, our loyalist players. Uh, like, oh man, good luck getting off that planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't it at LVO like um, haven't the traders like won like the last like five years or something? I want to say or something. Like a, uh, a, tra- a trader has come in. Uh, traders have dominated the last, at least the last two years. They were the dominant. In 2019, I don't, because I mean, I, I again, I, I wasn't, I wasn't the EO. I was just kind of doing the missions and, and the lore and uh, the players pack, um, and then it, it all gets randomized by like best coast bearings. Yeah. Uh, so it, you know, it it couldn't be how I like to do it, which is blows versus traders exclusive. Um, I yeah. think I think the knight player is technically loyalist. His 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 knights look like loyalist knights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they do. Um, yeah. but uh, I can't I can't be sure on that. And then uh, and then Bedinsky's trader mechanicum got like second place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then. I think Armin's Mechanicum was like third place, and then. Uh... Hello. Guys? Oh, hello. Did we lose him? Alex, I think we lost him. Uh oh. Well, that's Uh-oh. all right. Well, what I was gonna say, what what Alex kind of reminded me of too, is um, what one of the first times that I went to um, to. LVO, I think it was like 2000. I don't know. It was really early uh, 2000. Oh, there he is. Oh, he's yeah, back. Oh, I'm cool. back. Sorry, I, I have some issue with my uh, my download, my download speed or my download connection, where like my upload connection will still frequently work. But <laughs> so like I'll light up green and it'll be like, hey, you're talking. And actually, sometimes <laughs> people can even hear me. Um, shit. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I was I was just saying what one of the ways that uh, <laughs> I I actually experimented with um, making the SoCal open like like taking some of that competitive pressure off mm-hmm. so people could have just like fun was um, something that I experienced the very first time I went to LVO was um, I I think that there were like some small prizes but yeah. uh, the the organizer I think it was Dylan or something uh, the first time. Mm-hmm. I I went, and he focused on giving everybody some some kind of swag to yeah. to take home. Mm-hmm. So um, last year at So SoCal, I had um, you know everybody got some custom three uh, D printed um, objective mar- markers and stuff oh, yeah. sweet. to to yeah. take home. So I think just like uh, 
you know, the, there wasn't any b- betrayal of of Kalth set up for, you know, yeah. up up for uh, grabs. Like, you know, kind of that not not being in the in like the the, the pool kind of yeah. I think made people relax and enjoy mm-hmm. their games a little bit more too. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with you there. I, I, yeah. I do a similar thing for my events. Um the prizes are uh oh shit, what were they? Um I know I know one was like best presented and mm-hmm. and that was done by a vote. It wasn't done by a judging. Mm-hmm. Um so you know if you had a fully painted army, um you put it out on the table and Pretty much everyone was fully painted. Uh, I think we only had one guy that wasn't. And um, if you were fully painted, you set it up on the table kind of as, as you wanted to present it. And, and it's easy because most of these guys brought a table too. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, yeah. So, oh, that, well, that was one of the other prizes. So that helped. <laughs> that helped me remember. <laughs> um, so, you know, the first one was best presented uh, army. And we did that by a vote. So I just went to the dollar store and I bought like some of those glass beads. And uh, and I just had everyone kind of oh, go yeah. around and like at during the lunch break and mm. just if you thought that army was awesome or had a particularly wicked theme or if you loved the paint job on it or whatever, yeah, whatever your reason was for loving it and thinking it was like the coolest army that you saw there, then you'd put the bead down. Um, and so uh, a gentleman, Chris Chris Charon, he he paints phenomenally and and he's he's very very thematic like down to down to the Nat's ass detail when he's putting together a brigade <laughs> and uh and he he put he he won and he and he deserved it and so what I did was I mean I, I had a lot of prizes uh donated and then just I ended up with uh I can probably shave five dollars off the price tag because we went 40 bucks and I included all the food and the drink nice and um and then everyone got a prize <laughs> like all 14 <laughs> dudes at the event got a prize oh, that's um awesome. Yeah, and uh, set a bad precedent though. <laughs> um, so you, if if you won the best painted, you get the first pass at the prize table. Great. Oh, so you walk around, yeah, yeah, you walk around and you get it. And again, it's not based on technical; it's based on community vote. So you go around, grab that, right? Um, right. And uh, I think he took an Aeronautica Imperialis box. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and. Uh, and then if you brought a fully painted table, then uh, you went into a draw for that. So, and, you know, I just threw everyone's lodge coin who brought a table that was fully painted, threw that in the cup, drew it out, and that person got to run up and, and grab a prize. Nice. Uh, and then I, I was going to do like a best character, but I, I forgot the other color of beads at home. So I was just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> I, got so, I got so many prizes. I'm just going to throw it into the bin now. I'm just going right. to start drawing people's... Uh, drawing people's coin at random and uh and and i I think that's gonna help take some of the pressure off that was the first time it's been done in our area so but to your point i think it really does help people enjoy it a little bit more because now it's not like oh i need to make this event worth my my money and i need to try and make sure i win it yeah um and yeah i i think that i think that helps swag would be really good too um i let everyone keep the lodge coin and uh mm-hmm. some guys like really liked them and they were trying to like grab some at the end i was like no 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 guys keep your lodge coin because in in subsequent uh Hecates, if you have your lodge coin from a previous one you can trade it to the your opponent for a re-roll oh cool <laughs> yeah so now and then if that guy's got two lodge coins now if he needs to he can do two re-rolls to the next guy right so yeah, um, 
it's uh it, it it'll it'll play in 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 people's favor if they they hang on to them and don't lose them um mm-hmm. and uh yeah that's uh that that helps and then the other thing i did to kind of limit that um because you can get like some real nasty character death stars going right uh was when you when you signed up and then once you paid then you got to choose one unique character for your faction and you can't choose him if he's already been chosen. So the unique characters yeah. weren't zero to one for the army; they were zero to one for the event. For the event, yeah, I did the same thing for the mega battle for SoCal. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, with the with the tier system that I, I did a lot of, not a lot, but f- uh, f- you know, you won't you won't really be able to use some of the guys that you would have a traditional crazy death 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 star until you're getting to like two and a half or three three thousand point point games yeah but yeah that's a good idea too yep yeah right on uh cool anything else you want to you want to shout out you want to plug your instagram or the socal 30k instagram oh uh well the socal 30k um the socal open horse heresy is uh is a facebook uh page or group sorry yeah Okay. Um, and, and most most people are familiar with the Las Vegas Open uh, Horse Heresy group yep. on, on Facebook. Um, but yeah. links to the, both of those in the show notes for folks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it. <laughs> right on. No Instagram awesome. for yourself that you want to plug out? No, I don't. I don't, I don't have my yeah. own. In, oh wait, right. actually no. Hold up, Therese, My 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 wife did make me an Instagram, but there's nothing on on it but i am slowly <laughs> with all these events that i'm starting to do i'm gonna kind of make it a little bit bigger but it is um uh, there you go it's at zach 30 k there you go that's easy nice. that's nice and easy awesome <laughs> yeah we'll make we'll make you the event guy for heresy we'll cool. Cool. um we don't actually have any authority we're very juvenile awesome well thanks for thanks for joining us zach um, yeah yeah no worries guys that's it for us uh on this episode uh if you can give us a follow at the dab podcast on instagram on facebook at dab podcast and uh, if you want another listener list feel free to shoot a message through to either one of those or you can email us at mm. uh, death and betrayal at gmail.com and other than that craig anything else from you no i'm I think that's it. Right on. Okay. Keep those Geller fields up. Take care, guys. Fucking thing sucks. We'll do it live.